the file management process, like, you know how it is. It's like, ooh, what file was I working on? Uh, what is it in Google Drive? I think it's in this folder. <laughs> like, <laughs> underscore, <laughs> underscore version 2.4 Envision. <laughs> oh, geez, where is it? Welcome to Design Much with Andy and Patrick. Welcome back. Hey, welcome back, Andy. Thank you. I, I appreciate your welcome. I'm excited to start another episode. I want to welcome our listeners back to the Design Much podcast, the podcast you listen to to level up your design game one bite-sized skill at a time. One bite-sized skill at a time. Do you happen to know what today's kind of big bite-sized skill is? Yeah, Andy? so we we were able to talk to Blake Simpkins about how to involve developers in, in your design process. Mm-hmm. So it was really exciting. We got we got some good stuff out of there. Now this isn't this topic isn't really bite size. It's big. But quite from what Blake was saying, he, he kinda he has some bite sized things we could do in our companies that can help us out. Yeah. Um, if you don't know who Blake is, Blake Simpkins is the director of product design at Podium. And uh, apparently he likes ice cream. So he made that clear in his bio that he wanted to say, I like ice cream. Did he say what type of ice cream? Uh, he didn't, but I assume any type of ice cream, if you're just going to say, if you're just a person that's going to be like, I like ice cream, then yeah. you better be prepared to eat any ice cream that's presented to you. That's so I true. think we're going to send him like a gallon of like that crappy green pistachio ice cream and see if he actually eats it. <laughs> but in the interview, we talked with him, uh, yeah, basically how to, how to involve developers in the design process. What did you, before we jump into the interview, Andy, what did you learn from Mr. Blake Sipkins? Yeah, so I really liked how we talked about how they essentially created a space where developers can gain empathy for users. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that was really great and a great way for them to be able to actually, um, you know, grow a passion for product design and see its importance. Um, I also really liked how they gave um, their engineers the opportunity to, pre- to present design issues and inconsistencies that they see within the app, the apps that they work in. Um, and they kind of allow the design, like allow those engineers to be able to find those and present them to the designers. And they have like, they work in Jira. They have like a kind of a, he called like a paper cut, design paper cut board that they mm-hmm. use there that they can submit to. So I thought that was really great to give them the opportunity to um, find those, those problems and present them and say, hey, I want to, I want to fix this now. So I thought that was great. Um, and um, he also really liked involving the developers early in his design projects. So he would get together and talk about, hey, we have here's the problem. Let's start thinking of solutions, and um, allow them to start figuring out the technical aspects of those solutions that you know they, they uncovered together as they worked on those. So I thought that was really great. And um, finally, I, I also I also thought it was great. It was great that how he mentioned that they tried to make their data more visible to everybody. So they use full story over there, and everybody was able to access this data and. I think it kind of grew a culture where everyone can see the value of like being engaged in the design process. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was all really great. And being able to use full story, right, to so that their developers and everybody can see what users actually go through. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I learned uh, all those things are really great. Uh, to add on to like um, uh, getting developers involved and having the exposure to the, C- the CEOs and that, that kind of transparency. Uh, he talked about getting the CTO over at Podium involved in the process and encouraging the developers to participate um, and get them going. Because I think initially sometimes that's a hard thing to get people involved. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so they've he's been able to get buy-in from the CTO, and that's really helped him to get the developers involved. And once the developers involved, obviously they they love it, right? Yeah. So they keep doing it. He talked about because of a thing that they call Friday Fury, and he'll go into that more in the interview. Uh, more developers are starting to see more things in the app, so they're starting to see more. They're starting to pay attention to the way the app is designed more, and then they're contributing to like what you said, their paper cuts board. So it's getting them, it's getting their engineers to look at the product as a, as a designed thing, right? Mm-hmm. Not just uh, this application that people use, but actually has design to it. Um, I think that was great. Another thing that I learned uh, that was interesting um, was the idea of using developers to help build better prototypes for user testing. You mentioned that a little bit. Usually we get caught up in like, oh, do do we need to learn how to code this? Do we need to use CodePen? Do we need to learn Framer? Do we need to use Envision? Like, what do we need to do? Um, but they have kind of a concept or an idea they're experimenting with as far as like, hey, maybe developers, maybe we can do our prototyping inside of the application. Um to, to some degree so that we can have better user testing, more at, more accurate user testing. I thought that was interesting. Um, and the last thing that I, I think I picked up on that I thought was important was, and you've kind of touched on this already, was that this regular disciplined uh, developer involvement, so not sporadic, but they do this every week. Mm-hmm. Um, they do this Friday Fury and full story, full story Friday Fury every <laughs> Friday. <laughs> Um, and having this regular involvement allows for better communication, uh, allows for the development of empathy across everybody on the team. And I think importantly, I don't know how much he touched on this, but trust, right? Uh, the trust between the designers and the developers is building over there. And yeah. that, that I think is, is important. So uh, should, we, should we get into the interview? Yeah, there's so a lot more stuff in this interview, so we should definitely jump in. Yeah. Uh, he also, if you don't know Blake Simpkins, he really likes Justin Timberlake. Yeah. And so maybe we'll include some Justin Timberlake interview stuff in there because I think it was pretty great. <laughs> How involved are the, the, the your developers into the design process itself? Like, so, you guys work together pretty tight? Yeah, we... Uh, we actually do work pretty tight together. When it was when it was just one designer myself there, um, there weren't a ton of engineers. We kind of all sat in an open space, and it worked really well because I could kind of walk over. They could show me what they were working on, and, and vice versa. Um, we kind of did this little like pair pair programming designing where you know whatever they have on their local. You machine. sat behind them and waved your hand like, yeah, kind of you know, like move that over two pixels. No, no back two pixels. Yeah, exactly. Like just pushing boxes around the screen a little bit. <laughs> no, but I mean, our, our culture is pretty open. We, uh, we have some new unique things that we're doing with our engineers. Obviously we want to get them involved as early as, as possible in the process of, you know, uncovering problems and what solutions could potentially be because engineers bring, a totally different perspective to the conversation. Um, you got to be careful with them on the phone because sometimes they don't know what they're saying, but <laughs> just kidding, all you engineers. Uh, they don't know what they're saying. <laughs> we usually just tell them to like be a fly on the wall. At least that's what their managers tell them. You're they like, get really nervous when I'm like, you guys want to jump on a call with me? And they're like, oh no, what am I going to say? It's like, no, you just just sit there. Like, if you have questions, like, like, type them to me or something if you don't want to ask them totally fine totally cool yeah so in the user interviews you tell them to just sit and look pretty 
And then in in development uh, meetings, they tell you to sit and look pretty, right? Exactly. It's it's pretty mutual. It's a good relationship. It's a good mutual relationship we have. (laughs) You have an understanding. Yeah, we have a mutual (laughs) understanding, and it's been working really well. (laughs) But more than that, we've we've kind of established this interesting thing we call uh, Full Story Friday. So uh, for those of you that aren't familiar with what Full Story is, Full Story is, you know, I guess it's recording your users as they use your application. Um, and it is awesome. So if you don't have full story, I think there's a couple other competitors out there that do something similar. Um, but we use full story and the design team, product team, and even our engineers are watching our users. And as we produce new things in the interface, new products, new features, we're watching our users use those. Um, so every Friday, um, we come together as a product engineering team. And we meet and we kind of have a celebration of, you know, what were the things that we shipped on each team? And each team will kind of take, you know, a quick little second to say what they shipped. Um, we'll kind of have like a little shout out, I guess, uh, kind of like a pep talk, hooray, whatever, what have you. Um, but that's that's just so we can kind of have this team unity across our product and engineering team. Um, and after that, we kind of go into full story and, you know, in an ideal situation, we are pulling out full story sessions that we've seen throughout the week and we just watch them together um, and pick out things that are working, pick out things that are not working. It's just kind of a time to create this empathy with our users mm-hmm. that you might not have if you you know aren't really in tune with your customers. So for the engineering team, it's I think it's really valuable for them to kind of like get that empathy and start building that that trust and relationship with our customers even though they're not talking to them all the time yeah they're not in front of them all the time or gonna see them all the time yeah is that every friday then yeah so every friday so they close their sprints in the morning and kind of have the retrospective meetings about how the week went and then after lunch we come together watch full story for about 30 minutes and then after that um the rest of friday is committed to we call it friday fury and basically it's a backlog of UX design paper cut items um, that the design team is kind of curating. So we have a product, we have a board in Jira that's called the Friday Fury board. And we're kind of curating the list of things that we want to fix, you know, whether it's, you know, updating a button to be more consistent, updating input fields, uh, it could be larger items, something that we shipped recently that was really awesome. It took a couple of Fridays to get work, uh, and we had a couple of engineers working on it, was avatars. We didn't have avatars in our web app. Oh, yeah. And, you know, it's as dumb as that seems, not having avatars in your app, it makes your app not feel as personable and friendly. Mm-hmm. And Oh, believe me, we know. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm talking to designers. We know, right? So... Uh, that was an initiative that was never going to get prioritized within a sprint because we're, you know, we're we're solving problems, we're adding features. Um, it never gets prioritized. That's what Friday Fury is is for. It's for those things that just really irritate you and bug you and cause problems in your app. And things that are important to the experience, right? Right. And the right, look right. and feel of the application, but totally. things that will never get prioritized right. ever. And I've been at different companies where we've wanted to do this, but we just you just don't know how to implement it or how to start it. And it's something that we've been doing from the start and it's been really valuable. Um, just kind of cleaning up some of the UIs that 
you know, as you get bigger, things get more disparate. Things don't look the same. The experience is a little bit different. If you could just tweak a few things here and there, um, that aspect of it has been just, you know, invaluable to us. So, so from an implementation standpoint on that thing though, like, do you guys get in a room together yeah. and like just work on stuff? So, uh, for the Friday Fury, we all get in the same meeting room and watch together. And then I will go over the, the Friday Fury board in Jira, um, and kind of walk through who has got a ticket in flight right now. Um, see what we have in the backlog and then we'll kind of break up. And during that break, the design team will walk around kind of to the engineering teams on the floor. And there's a lot of communication. It's kind of like uh, a lot of people walking around like, hey, Blake, you know, I finished this ticket. Like, do you have another one for me? Um, and I'll go back to the board and look. Or sometimes the, the engineers, this is an opportunity for them to present things that are irritating them to us. Um, this happens a lot too where they're in the code, they're in the interface. They see these inconsistencies on the front end, the CSS, um, and they can go make changes that will kind of almost triple the effect, so mm -hmm. so to speak. So they'll be using our component library or our style guide, and they'll implement those things throughout the app. So it's really a time for those engineers that, that you know, are kind of quiet. They like to do kind of front end stuff. They love Friday Fury, and like those are the engineers that I we talk to a lot during Friday Fury because they are the go-getters that kind of want to go out and like make a difference in the interface. Yeah. So they're getting excited about the opportunity to be able to make these small changes. It'll yeah. make it for a better user experience. You know, I, and I think every, every engineer and every person's different, but there are, there are lots of engineers that really care about the interface and about user experience. And um, we have a lot of them at, at podium that really care about our customers. So um, they're, in the code every day and they can see those inconsistencies and they are, this is like that perfect opportunity for them to push changes, uh, small tweaks that can improve the interface. That's awesome. And have you worked with developers that maybe aren't so excited about yeah. making those small changes? Absolutely. I mean, this is, this is never, we're never going to force this onto anyone if yeah. they, if they're just like, you know, like, I, I have other things I, I'm going to do like that's totally fine. But the general purpose is this time is kind of sacred so we can improve the interface um, for our clients and for our customers. Well, that's cool. And so you, you, you gave them a space, right. To be able to, to express that to you. Yeah. So maybe, maybe this week they're working on something that I really care too much about it, but they might actually see something and they have a place where they can, they can come to you and say, I want to make this change right now. Yeah. As opposed to like, trying to convince you to do it in your own time. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, we, it's, it's just been this valuable tool. And as we grow, we're trying to figure out how to actually scale it a little bit more. I mean, when we were small, it was really easy for me to just manage everything. But now that we've got, you know, a number of teams, number of designers, number of engineers, um, we might kind of like, we're, we're talking about possibly switching this to not so much a product and engineering focus for everyone, but, doing this within your own product and engineering team, your individual teams. Mm. That way it's kind of scoped a little bit smaller. There's a product manager and a designer managing that kind of paper cut uh, backlog of things. Um, and then the engineers are familiar with the code base that they're already working in. Um, that's something we've been thinking about. But 
I mean, sometimes it's kind of fun for the engineering team to be working on something that they're not working on every single day. You know, yeah, they, they want to work on a different part. part of the app and they can learn new technologies potentially, um, you know, pairing and, and working with other engineers on different teams. So that's awesome. That sounds like a really good, good way to get them more involved in UX. Yep. Awesome. So how, how early do you try to get your developers involved? So you were talking before about like kind of the, the little paper cut items. What about like your, your main projects? How early do you want them involved in, in that the decision making? Yeah, we uh, so we kind of have we don't have a real rigid process to the things we're building, but uh, we kind of have these, I guess, goals and, you know, stakes in the ground, so to speak, that we're trying to strive for. And then every product team and engineering team can kind of work at their pace. But Generally, what we like to do is we like to come up with, you know, the themes that we are, the, the problems or the themes or the things that we want to work on. And we will meet as a product manager, designer, and eng lead and have kind of this, this initiative kickoff. That's kind of what we're calling it. And it's based around um, a document that the product manager owns. There are, you know, questions that we have and we're not proposing solutions to any of these. It's more like, here's a problem, uh, how might we solve this problem? And we get the three of us in there and we're all talking about potential solutions or potential ways we can solve this problem. And from that meeting, we have this like shared understanding of what the problem is, who the customer is, who we're solving for, all the high level things that you need to know to go, then go perform and, and, and start coming up with solutions and ideas. And from that meeting, the product manager will have you know a set of items that he needs to uh, walk away with and start and start researching designers will have a same sort of list uh, engineer we might have technical questions on whether or not we can do something quick enough or is it even possible to do something like this so we kind of break away from that meeting and go out and start coming up with ideas and solutions and then we sit close together and we kind of like that's kind of the kickoff and then we'll have checkpoints I mean we have stand-ups we have weekly planning and that's how early I want to get our engineers involved. And from there, when we have customer calls again, bringing an engineer with your product manager, you know, we don't want to have a, a audience and get our customers nervous, <laughs> but <laughs> sometimes we'll just have them be, sit in on the call and we won't even mention that they're there. They're just kind of there to listen. Um, so that's kind of like how we've been operating. It's worked. It's been working really, really well for us. Is there anything on that, on that process? Is there anything that you currently want to improve or need to improve on getting developers involved in the design process? I mean, I would love, I mean, on, on problems that are a little bit bigger, um, that we know we need more validation and testing. I mean, we've toyed around with the idea of building out more, more robust prototypes, uh, something a little bit more than just like sketches or envisions, uh, actual like you know, being able to create something within the product that has real information that we can kind of present to customers. So, you know, the the higher the risk, the more validation and certainty you want, the more re research you need to do. So that might mean creating some more high fidelity prototypes. If it's, you know, if it's a feature that's not very impactful and it's kind of small, you don't need as much validation and, and you know, so that's that's something that I'd love to get to that point. We're not we're not quite there yet at Podium, but um, that's something definitely on, on our minds. So being able to use developers to close the close the yeah user testing gap. Almost. Yeah, exactly. And you know we've even <clears throat> talked about 
potentially bringing in a a prototyper or someone that's maybe more of an engineer and put them on the design team to kind of fill that spot. And Mm -hmm. that person could own our style guide, could own the component library, um, could help make prototypes for us to test. Um, We've talked a lot about that and it's really interesting to me, but um, just trying to see how it fits in with our goals and like where our strengths are as a design team and a product team. Um, But it's definitely something that I've thought could, you know, have a large impact on our team with so yeah and from a scaling standpoint i know bigger companies do they have like designer coder type people on like the design system team yeah exactly to do that exact thing yeah and, and that team would kind of they would kind of own our full story of Fur- friday fury things like they own the components they can work with the individual teams it'll help kind of it kind of helps everyone in in a way um there's there is the potential that it could actually slow you down but mm-hmm. um you know, for some of these bigger projects, you want to make sure you're building the correct thing. Um, and it's a lot cheaper to build a prototype than building it in your actual product. So, so where did the name Friday Fury come from? Oh, I <laughs> full story Friday, obviously so that's like pretty plain yeah. and simple, but Friday Fury, I am not sure. I want to say like possibly Mad Max probably came into I was it. hoping you would say it was from Mad well, Max you know, Fury Patrick Road. and I have a history of uh, of Mad Max. <clears throat> I don't know if no one probably knows this that's listening, actually. <laughs> I no one, know. No Patrick, one probably really no cares one, either. No one cares, but whatever. <laughs> we'll post a photo or something. I don't know. It's pretty sweet. It is the best movie of all time. It is amazing. Followed up with probably the best Halloween costumes of all time. It's uh, literally legendary at in structure. Yeah. What happened? Mm-hmm. We won a candy bar, I think. We did win a candy bar. (laughs) One candy bar. There were three of us. We got one candy bar. So if I'm trying to piece this all together. (laughs) From an outsider's (laughs) perspective, Andy. (laughs) It sounds like you guys saw this movie and you guys dressed up together for Halloween and you won a prize. That Yeah. That's accurate. We did. And 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 really it wasn't us. Like you basically look like you. I wore I wore pajamas (laughs) and a wig. And uh, K-Dub, a.k.a. Kyle Follett, Follett. uh, actually shaved his head. It was, uh, you know, the the costume came together probably 10.30 p.m. the (laughs) night before Halloween. (laughs) Patrick was out shopping, trying to figure out his outfit, and, you know, it just kind of came together magically. Well, that's how you get the best Halloween costumes, when they just come together last minute. And and a good sh- and I mean we got to give Kyle Follett credit because at his age shaving your head means that your hair may never grow back again. <laughs> so that was a real risk. I'm happy to report the last time I saw Kyle Follett, he did have hair. So. He has lots of hair. That's, yeah, good. So that's good. We're still hair. good there. So no hair was harmed in the making of this. <laughs> no, so Patrick's hair today. Excellent. My hair today is uh, don't please don't look at it. <laughs> you, you, my you toupee, you, my toupee man. doesn't look good today. <laughs> Wash all that shampoo out. <laughs> so, so you said when you started at Podium, you were the the only designer. Is that correct? Yep. So, was this process at all in place, in including developers in this design process? Uh, no, not uh, not that I remember. I know we had full story, and coming from a company that we, you know, due to the fact that we could not we couldn't implement full story due to contractual reasons and privacy. Um, coming to a company that had full story, it was like, it opened my eyes to what, what you're missing out. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, you know, 
So that's kind of how it started. We would all kind of as a product team watch Full Story, make notes, and it would funnel into a Slack channel where our CEO, executives, uh, all the engineers, they could all see what was going on. If we had questions, if we saw bugs, we kind of reported them there. And we kind of just, I think it just kind of blossomed into its own thing where we started watching, you know, Full Story sessions together. And then um, we kind of had our... Our CEO is very product minded. Um, so he was able to kind of take that time and allow us to work on, on UX problems and UX paper cuts. So um, I wouldn't say that I came up with this on my own. It definitely not, not me. This is kind of like a team effort um, all, all around. So, okay. But it sounds like, like the data that you were able to have as a team was really able to give you that, that buy-in to make, Hey, this is a design process. We need to have everybody involved in this. Exactly. Um, okay. And as we've added, you know, uh, our CTO, he's he loves the idea of Full Story Friday. I mean, he just can't say enough about it. And he's helping us drive and protect that time, and you know, keeping that time sacred for for the engineers and for the designers, so we can you know continue to implement and make make upgrades to the interface. Is that like a key thing for all of this too? Is having his kind of. Uh yeah, you kind of kind I mean, of promotion of it. Yeah, it it really helps. You know, we've changed some of the our our, our project managers have changed how our sprints operate because of Friday Fury, and it wasn't perfect. We didn't. It took a while to get to that point, but with our CTO in charge and with him on board with this change, it made it a lot easier. Um, closing out sprints, uh, you know, holding holding engineers not not accountable to to a bad extent, but just asking them like, Hey, what Friday, Friday Fury things are you guys working on? And we can be able to show what things shipped and, you know, the next week we'll watch them in full story and comment on them and show like the things that we changed. And, uh, yeah, just getting that feedback of, yeah, we are making a difference. It might not be a tangible, you know, number or, or metric that you can tie to, but it's definitely improving our application. So, um, can developers have too much involvement in the design process? <laughs> oh, this is a this is a loaded question. <laughs> you know, this, this is going to be sent directly. It's actually live streaming to your CTO's office. Yes. Jeez, right? <laughs> oh, here we go. You know, I think I think one thing we've learned watching Full Story alongside this is um, making sure we're coming together as a as a, a product and engineering team to observe and create empathy we're not coming together to come up with solutions i mean we see the problems and we immediately want to go to a solution that we think would be better mm -hmm. uh, but that's not the purpose of it the purpose is to understand and see what those problems are and then as a design team in turn we kind of take that feedback and make improvements um so friday fury doesn't have any direct link to Full story Fridays. Not necessarily. Okay. Um, it started out kind of as like this one thing. We kind of separated the two. Um, but it definitely, full story does definitely help us, help inform, you know, some of the paper cut things. I mean, obviously I'm in the app every single day. I know the inconsistencies. Yeah. And I know what's going on. So I don't need to watch full story. But um, it definitely helps kind of, you know, inform that a little bit more. Um, but back to your question about, you know, can they be involved? Can engineers be involved too much? I'd say, um, to an extent, yes. Um, as long as they know, I mean, it, it's, it's a balance, right? 
I have a lot of engineers that are very interested in UX and they come up with ideas and they have, you know, things that they think are great and you take that input and you tell them thank you and actually if it's good input like maybe let's let's set up a little test and let's go see like you know if this could possibly work Mm -hmm. the other thing is asking them questions sometimes they'll get fixated on a on a solution they've seen because you know they're very tech savvy our customers are not very tech savvy um so if you ask questions as they're asking you about a thing it might open up a conversation and a dialogue that's what i would rather it be i'd rather it be we want to have a conversation with you know anyone at our company about certain uh certain experiences that our customers have and i'm open to any of it so i don't want to shut that off but at the same time they have to know as the design team we are held accountable and responsible for these things they are held accountable for the technologies and and engineering the, the product so a little bit different so just having a dialogue and opening that up and asking questions can help, you know, help drive that. So that's awesome. I like that distinction. That's like it's, we, we own the actual decision, right? So right. we're going to make that decision, but we, we love the input. Right. right? Exactly. Awesome. I like that. Great. So, um, so let's say there may be a designer approach to you that doesn't have developer like developer um, support, basically that they don't have any interaction with the design process. How would you, how would you help, or what um, advice would you give a designer to, um, to help get that get that that feedback, the interaction they need with the developers? Oh, I mean, I would say, I've I've seen this happen before, where you know, engineers can can sometimes come off as demanding demanding to a designer um and as a designer you you have to realize that again you own this process um you're the one that's going to make the call so take their feedback um talk with your product manager talk with your manager talk with your other designers and and bounce ideas off um what we don't what you don't want to create is this this bad relationship between the engineering team and the design team and product team. Um, that's not what we're after. We're after getting, we're all after the same thing, right? We want to build great products and we want to have experiences that help our customers do what they want, do what they're intending to do. Um, so we're all after the same thing. It's just sometimes there's a communication, you know, breakdown. Um, so I guess to kind of like summarize, um, lean on if you're a new designer lean on someone that is a little bit more experienced and help them you know help them understand what the problems are and what and what's at stake a lot of it is just like pure communication awesome cool do you do you have anything else before we wrap wrap up uh no thanks for uh thanks for having me well andy Patrick. We just wrapped up another interview yeah. with another great uh, Salt Lake City designer. Yet again. Salt Lake City area designer. <laughs> Most of us are in Lehigh. Yeah, some of you are in Lehigh. I'm not in Lehigh. But people outside of Utah don't know what that means. So no. Utah designers? Yeah, I think Utah we should say designers? that. I think that works. Okay. Yeah, that was good. Uh, we talked to Blake Simpkins. It's a great interview with Blake Simpkins over at uh, Podium. Um, we hope you guys learned something today. We know we did. We learned a bunch of stuff. 
Um, whatever you guys learned, if you learned something, please participate with us. We're 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 not scary people. Uh, we're on Twitter all the time. We're telling jokes, things like that on Twitter, right? Andy's sharing cool stuff on Twitter. Oh yeah, all the time. All the time on a regular basis. <laughs> I, I really like need to once, work once a year. Once a year, yeah. Once a year, Andy's he's got a real regular pattern to his Twitter <laughs> account. <laughs> once a year on the same day, I just I just have it. It's a scheduled tweet, it's a you know. Reminder. Yeah, it's just like a picture of, of my my lunch that day. <laughs> you got to share. It's it's important, you know. But yeah, if you guys want to share with us uh, um, what you guys learned, you can hit us up on Twitter at design underscore much. Um, so tell us what you learned from the interview. Uh, tell us anything that you would want to implement at your company or wherever you work. Also, tell us some suggestions that you might have for involve involving developers in the design process as well because blake doesn't know everything he's close he's close but he, he's really close yeah there's like 10 percent he's missing and maybe yeah. you guys can fill in that gap i think that would be great i want to hear what, what what's going on with you guys so tell us yeah let us know um if you haven't already rated the podcast and you're listening to it on itunes uh go ahead and do it that's not gonna hurt you right it's like you just slide your mouse over and give us the five stars and you're done yeah right it's, it's a way it. it's a way for you to give back yeah, give back to the community that you, I don't know. <laughs> I did it, Andy, I, I assume you did it. I did it. Yeah, Andy did it. See, we did it. If we can do it, you can do it. Mm-hmm. Um, we'd also like to thank uh, you guys. We'd like to thank Blank Simpkins, Simpkins for coming out and talking to us. Uh, and you guys for listening and uh, joining us on this stuff. This is good stuff. Um, and as always, as always, as of two podcasts ago, be excellent to each other. Be excellent. Go have some ice cream, listen to Justin Timberlake, and be excellent. <laughs> In that order. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Design Much. It's been real, fam. <laughs>